Yeah, so we got... I'm super excited. This is the most excited I've been about an episode in a long time. Whoa. These guys are almost exclusively what I listen to when I work out for like the last five or six months since we've seen them in concert. No joke, I've got like 60 songs saved by them and I just go to Bring Me to Horizon, put it on shuffle, and I just listen as I work out. I love these guys. There's a band on this wall behind us that you don't really love that I enjoy much, much more. See there? Yeah. <laughs> in kind of a similar vein. And it, I don't know, there's something like... Your musical taste never fails to amaze me. It's all over the place. It's all over the place, which is cool. I I think we're both that way in a sense. But I, I just, as I listened through all this, I was like, I, I couldn't help but think on at, at one point in every album, like, I cannot believe Joey's listening to these guys. Oh, you know what's funny? I, w- I, ha- I was, had a similar thought when I was listening to some of the more recent albums where I was like, I could listen to this album all day, but I bet Joe probably hates some of these songs. <laughs> Yeah, I won't. I won't uh, blow the lead here, but it, I certainly didn't enjoy it as much as you did. Um, oh, okay. You know, I think there's a lot of good stuff mixed in with a lot of bad stuff. Oh, see, I, I totally disagree, but that's that's all right. You uh, know, the, the the thing is, like with this band, is they have such a diverse um, spectrum of sounds that there's certainly bits and pieces here for a lot of different listeners. Um, that to to thoroughly enjoy more than half of their catalog is interesting to say the least just because it is so diverse so yeah i guess we'll get into it when we get into it but the f- i don't count the first three albums yeah i was when i tell i was gonna say because you said we were talking a little bit before this about maybe skipping the first two i'm open to skipping the first three same yeah okay so yeah i'll just preface if for if you're coming to this pod because you're a big fan of bring me the horizon we are not going to talk about count your blessings suicide season and there's a hell believe me i've seen it there's a heaven let's keep it a secret from more than like five or ten minutes combined because we just don't listen to deathcore we don't listen to screamo yeah it's it's far it's way too abrasive for me to enjoy i did give it a one-time listen to each of those albums and it was the 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 first (laughs) night so i over a two-night session i listened to the first two albums and then the third album and then i got into the rest of it but uh the first night, it was so bad that I was like, kind of like giddy laughing to myself, like, how the fuck is anybody listening to this? <laughs> and it's funny because I, I read it like a, a snippet of an interview with them. And even the band is like, yeah, that first album was not good. We they The way they put it is like, our year zero starts with suicide season. Right. And when they do their concerts, they don't they might play one song from the first three albums. Yeah, well, it, that's the thing, right? It's like, um, I think they're more interested in making music to a, a larger audience now than they were then. Yeah. Um, and that's just a very, very, very niche category that they were in. Um, you know, it, there's a there's a funny song on one of these albums. It's later in their catalog. I forget what it is. I think it's it's heavy. I think the song is titled Heavy, heavy Metal. Oh, where yeah. Where they, like, joke about that idea, like, there's kids that are, you know, listen to the original stuff. Now they hear uh, Bring Me the Horizon doing EDM and, like, pop rock. And they're like, what the fuck are these guys doing? What bullshit is this? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good little bit. Um, yeah, I, I, I think these guys experiment and modify their sound about as well as anyone in, like, modern day rock slash heavy metal. I can't. Hmm. I'm not going to disagree with you because... 
What, what's interesting about the experimentation is like they're not afraid to take it a step further. Um, when usually when they take it a step further, I'm not a fan. I'm just gonna say that right now. But the the boldness to do it and mix it in with your like hits is interesting. Because um, like I don't know, it, it, we've talked about it before. You don't want a band to play the same shit over and over, and these guys are like the antithesis of that. They haven't played the same song twice ever. Well, yeah, and I I think more often than not it works. Like Sempaternal is hard and heavy as fuck, and I love I like that album. That's the spirit is much more mainstream, and I I love that album. And then Ammo is like gets into a little bit of the the EDM kind of sound, and I like that. And then Posthuman, it's kind of it goes back to being harder again, but it also has a lot of this like electronic, like almost like video game sound to it and i think it works but i i think overall like these guys don't have like uh like they don't have like a hunting party well (sighs) i guess that depends if you count on uh if you count music to listen to as an album then they do have a hunting party but if you don't count that as an album which i don't think it's okay i think that's more like experimental i'll save the debate yeah okay i gotcha um yeah because that's a very experimental album fucking 24 minute song get the fuck out of here <laughs> i don't even count that as an album though because it's so it's much more like spoken word i think it was officially released as an ep oh gotcha as okay. opposed to a studio album all right so. that makes sense yeah because uh, again apple man they just they just fucking throw projects wherever they feel like it um because they got like their first project before even their first studio album they got like a four or five track ep that's in like the ep section on apple oh so i don't even think i had that on spotify yeah but then then this album is an ep but it's in the album section um also i found out how you can like switch between deluxe and regular versions of the album <laughs> you remember uh the issue we had with monus a couple weeks ago yeah it's because i had the deluxe and you had the, the yeah, yeah 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 so i was looking and looking and couldn't find the deluxe Apple has this thing where when an artist put out puts out new music, like within a year of it being put out, it's like on the headline of their artist page. So that was the deluxe album. But then if you go into the albums tab, they only have the regular version of the album. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. It's stupid. They, they, they should label it. What a bag of shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah label it. Tell me something. Oh, just ugh, Apple. Um, but yeah, regardless. Um, oh, I was talking to Alex about that, too. Alex told me a funny story that his girlfriend got him or maybe he bought that Rush album on vinyl. Um, and after he gave it a listen and heard a couple of those tracks that we didn't like, he was like, yo, fuck. Like, so disappointed that he returned it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't return a vinyl album. That's a... <laughs> he, he likes a lot of the songs, too, but he, he was so disappointed with like Cool Kids, Cool Kids and blah, blah, blah. He returned it. Sorry, Alex. That's a cheapo move. <laughs> <laughs> I think he ended up getting, I don't know, maybe he originally, he had the original and then he went and got back and got the deluxe, but, oh man, it's just, I was laughing when he told me that. It was a good story. Yeah. Um, so you want to get into Bring Me the Horizon? Yeah, Bring Me the let's, Horizon. Let's save the first three. We can have any discussion around that when Holly gets down yeah, here. Yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to talk to her about, so. So we'll start with Sempaternal 2013, but I just want to say before we get into that, uh, these guys came up with their name, Bring Me the Horizon, from a line that Captain Jack Sparrow said in the uh, movie Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. 
Is that the first one? Yeah. So yeah. Sparrow says, "Now bring me that horizon." In the movie, and that's that's where they get their inspiration for the name from. <laughs> okay, R. Great movie. Uh, yeah, that's a cool little bit. Anyways, uh, I don't really have anything about these guys from Sheffield, England. Um, you'll definitely hear that that tone in, in Ollie's voice on the mic. Um, maybe I'll just list them off right now: Ollie Sykes on vocals, Lee Molly on guitar, Matt Keen on bass, and Matt Nichols on drums. Jordan you- Fish on keyboard, kinda. Um, recently left the band. Oh, he left? Yeah. Yeah. He when did he it. leave? Like, I actually, I think I saw he left, like, Laughter was fired three days before Christmas. Oh, so this, okay. I didn't even know that. Yeah. You know, so I was, I wanted to bring this up. Be, he joined the band, like, right when, around the time this album came out and he helped him on this album. And I think he's like the, like the X factor for the band. Cause he helps out on like a lot of the production with Ollie and he also does like, he helps out with some of like the lyrics too. Yeah. Um, and you can hear it, especially in the later albums, like, cause he adds like those keyboards and he'll add like strings in like, he adds what I'll refer to as melody throughout this episode. Yeah. And I think, I really think they would not be what they are today if they didn't have him in the band for these last five albums, four albums. Yeah. Not to touch too much, but, it's a good point because before this album, Sepaternal, it was kind of like a ship without a course. Yeah. It was just, it's kind of how we've talked about like Blink-182 in the first bit um, and a couple other bands who we've, we've just described as like thrashing, um, you know, think Nirvana Bleach a little bit. Um, it just doesn't really have like a defined sound or like melody to it. No rhyme or reason. Yeah. Whereas with, once you get to Sepaternal, it's still heavy, still very metal, um, but it has melody to it. it. It's it's an enjoyable listen at the very least, whether or not you like the screaming. Um, and it's not necessarily screamo, but, you know, he's got various levels of scream. And uh, whether or not you like that sound, it, it the music, if you just took the vocals out and listened to the music, it's much, much better composed and more enjoyable listening wise. 100%. So, sempaternal is an archaic English word denoting the concept of everlasting time that can never actually come to pass. So, this is uh, a quote from Sykes in, in an interview. Uh, it symbolizes a lot of different things, some of which were intended, some that kind of came together. This album needs to be one, the one that just lasts forever by bringing me the horizon. No guests, no gimmicks, no nothing. It's just straight up us. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. You know, we talk about raw. I don't want to call this raw. It's not raw. It's very well produced. Um but it is very, like, essence of the band, kind of. Let me say that, you know. You get every... It just feels like everybody's dripping their heart and soul into every bit of this album. Um, that's not to say I love it, but I think the the effort that goes into a project like this is undeniable. Yeah. And the album opens with an absolute thrasher. Yeah. Can You Feel My Heart? This is one of the coolest songs I've seen performed live. Yeah. You and I saw this. They opened for Fall Out Boy at, yeah. at DTE earlier this year. Or actually, that would have been last year. But when Ollie was, he got down on his knees and you could see his, he was just going like 100 miles an hour and, yeah. and he was just belting out the chorus. Uh, and it was just an, a truly epic performance. I love the open on this track too. And it's so good for live shows because you can, ex- you can stretch this and, and fuck around with it, modulate it. It's that like stuttered, like synthy, kind of heavy, but a little uptuned bit too. Um, and it, like then the guitars and everything kind of like crashes in on top of that. 
Ollie gets to like really let it fucking yell and belt out in the very beginning. And then all the way through, he's yelling too, but it, it's more intonated and kind of up and down. Um, kick drum. The kick drums are so fucking strong here too. <laughs> that might just be like, uh, like if they, when they performed that live, you remember the, it was probably Jordan. He's got like his little drum kit next to his producer stand. Yeah. Um, you know, that might be him just banging a fucking drum too, but, um, Man, this one, just, it's a great open for whatever project they would do. If you put this on any other album, it would still be a great open for that album. And it's a great song standalone. Yeah, so like I alluded to earlier, this was around the time Jordan just started joining the band. And it was like his help on this song where they were like, oh, we need to bring this guy in like full time. Uh, he actually helped pen the, the lyrics to the chorus of the song, too, which is great. And the chorus is, you know, can you hear the silence? Can you hear the dark? Can you fix the broken? Can you feel my heart? Yeah, and maybe this is something you have in your notes, too, but it's about this time that the lyrics take more of a turn to be a slightly more introspective. Yes. And slightly more nuanced. So a lot of the lyrics on this album, well, each song on this album is supposed to be like a different, like this song is about admittance. Okay. And around this time, Ali, uh, you know, kind of got clean. He had a ketamine addiction. Really? <laughs> so... <laughs> He, you know, he, he had finished up with like his rehab and, and, uh, you know, he started being sober and a lot of the lyrics on this album are about, you know, dealing with addiction and in future albums too, but it just feels more personal. Like the lyrics, once you get to the sempaternal and it's just, it's just a better product. It sounds a little bit on the chorus when he yells, can you feel my heart? A little bit like he's crying. Mm. Like he's just angry, like yelling at the world. Um, especially the way he drags out that last line, just the heart, it like. It feels like he lets every last bit of air out of his lungs as he's screaming that. Yeah, and when he was screaming this live in concert, like I, I wasn't familiar with this song, and I was like, "Wow!" Like whatever this is, this needs to be added to the playlist immediately. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and it's interesting you bring up the addiction about the drugs, right? Because like I read too, is in their earlier shows, let's say for the first three, four albums, I guess three because before this. Um, were marred by or maybe kind of marked by heavy heavy drinking uh to the point where band members were fucked up falling over on stage puking on stage um and it seems they've really cleaned up their act going into this one again jordan fish coming in. it feels like everything has just turned a corner for these guys and this is this is the first like work i had ever heard from them i remember hearing gotcha. songs like this and sleepwalking on the radio and being like ha huh, that's heavy but huh but it's got a nice little twist. Yeah. Yeah. And Ollie said on this one, like this, this song is about admitting you have a problem, admitting something's wrong. That's the first step of the whole album. Uh, in my life, I had to admit certain things to, you know, go further. And I actually didn't know this. I don't know. You're on TikTok more than I am. But I guess this song became like a hit more recently after blowing up on TikTok. Really? Yeah. Uh, back in 2021. Oh, yeah, no, I don't I don't think I've ever heard this song on TikTok, I'll be honest, but that's cool. It makes sense with the chorus though, right? Yeah, 100%. Like that yeah. Lot, like him belting out can you feel my heart to whatever stupid video about, you know, you you know, your cat doing something funny or whatever it is. Yeah, it's very much like uh I could almost see the TikToks being like like kind of sarcastically emo, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh but no, it's a cool song. Uh all right, cool. Next one, The House of Wolves. This is more kind of a standard metal track, in my opinion. You know, less of the less of the synth, less of the keyboard, more just standard metal. Very loud, very heavy, very energetic. You know, crunchy guitars, a lot of yelling here. 
Um, I don't think the drum the drumming is nothing special here, but it keeps tempo. It's good. Um, not one of my favorites, but it's fine. Uh, yeah, I like it. Not one of my favorites. Definitely one of the heavier tracks on the album. Lyrically, it's an attack on uh, religion. And, and it, yeah, and they do a lot of that. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't mind it. Like, I, I, okay, so there have been other bands that we've covered that have done things like this. I just am not ever a huge fan of that, and I understand. I get the point. A lot of the times the point is like, Religion is uh, kind of a motivator for people to do a lot of bad shit in the name of God, whatever. Um, I, I think that's a fairly simplistic and kind of a duller take because it does it does as much good in the world as it does bad. Um, sure. But if the you know, Ollie's noted atheist and if the band doesn't believe in it necessarily, like if they want it, what it means to them and if they think it's negative, like they're just expressing themselves. Sure. I totally agree with that. I just disagree with the take as a whole okay i could agree yeah with that notion so anyways uh yeah not one of my faves here so and to provide some context ollie said on this one you know it's about religion before we wrote the album i was in a position where i was asked to believe in god to get better and i just couldn't understand that so that's the perspective i wrote from it's about how there's no salvation there's no one that's going to save you you've got to get better because you want it for yourself your family or your friends not because you believe there's a man in the sky sure which sure. i think that provides a little bit of gotcha that makes it more yeah yeah a little bit more palatable yeah definitely all right next one empire let them sing um i like this one a little bit more it's still kind of that same heavy metal sound to it not heavy metal but metal sound to it cool like tense build up into the first verse or it's got that soft bit kind of like eerie angry bit uh, ollie's kind of in this low growl and just brings it up right away um a bit breaking benjamin to it i don't know how familiar you are with their catalog not very um uh, yeah that's that's kind of the the comp i got here heavy but like slightly more melodic and and I, if metal and pop are two ends of, of a spectrum i would say this is slightly more poppy than some of the other tracks on this album okay I think this, I don't know, I think this one's still kind of heavy. It's still kind of heavy. I'm just saying it's slightly more, like, uh, again, melodic um, is going to be a word I use a lot today. Gotcha. There's uh, some lines in here. They came like moss to a flame. You left like a house in a hurricane. The wolves are at my door. And I was reading on uh, Genius, people were saying, like, all the terrible things that he hates are knocking at his door, leaving him helpless. But it's also that line is kind of like a reference to the three little pigs. You know, the, the old children's oh, story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the wolf comes to the door. So kind of, it's kind of cool if yeah. that's where they got the inspiration yeah, for, like that, for that, that line. Sorry. I just got something stuck in my throat. No, you're good. The <sighs> next song is sleepwalking, which I would argue this one is a little bit more like kind of has like that poppy, like synthy vibe to it. Yeah, this is kind of similar to Can You Feel My Heart in a way. It's got a similar sound to it. Again, that stuttery synth and and uh, Ollie screaming his face off on the mic here. Um, but I, I don't know. There is something about this that is slightly softer and uh, slightly more, like, anthemy, you know? But it's the same kind of vibe. Uh, I don't quite like it as much as Can You Feel My Heart. I think I like that one a little bit better, but still very good one of the hits off this album i was gonna say for me this is still one of the standout tracks i do like can you feel my heart a little bit better but this is still solid rock epic chorus uh time stood still the way it did before it's like i'm sleepwalking and the lyrics on this one again go back to like just 
what he Ollie had to deal in rehab, and he said, uh, like, they helped me in there, but I didn't believe half the stuff they told me. This is not the hand any of us wanted to be dealt. They tell you it's a disease. That's bullocks. It's not a disease. It's a self-inflicted problem. It's offensive to people with diseases to claim addiction is a disease. They said it would be a struggle every day that you're an addict for the rest of your life. Bullocks. It's all bullocks. I've never looked back since I got clean. I got clean for my family and friends and my band. I didn't get clean for God. So it sounds like he just like they were just trying to push religion on him as he was getting clean. Which Yeah, I think that's a component of, uh, I don't want to say a lot, but maybe a, a a smattering of like rehab centers, right? Like it's, you know, it'll be St. Agnes's rehab and whatever. Um, we've already hit that point. I think it's maybe a bit reductive. Again, like just not quite, like it's a bit self-centered to say, oh, I got over this. It doesn't affect me anymore. It's not a disease. Yeah, for, for sure. But I do think, if they're telling him you're going to be an addict for the rest of your life sure, sure. and he was able to get over it, then I could see how you'd have that perspective. Sure. Perspective is great. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just, it feels a little bit like he's living in his own world. And if that's what you have to do to get over it, then good. Go for you. God, you know, whatever. But I don't know, man, there's, there's lots of people who like, there are, there are plenty of people who could just get past it and like move on with their life. And there's plenty of other people who do struggle for their entire life. I just, it's a bit of a cold take, in my opinion. Yeah, I. Either way, I like the song, and that was like the influence behind the song. So. Yeah. Gotcha. Next one, "Go to Hell for Heaven's Sake." Love the title here. Yeah, awesome title. Awesome <laughs> title. Um, very like it's a. This one gets tuned down even a little bit more into like a hard rock sound. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of borderline hard rock metal here. Uh, mid tempo, high energy here. I think Ollie does some of his best work on the mic on this album on this song. Just really, really nice work getting up and down with it. Uh, very fun chorus to sing along with, like live. Uh, I like this one a lot. Yeah, this one along with Can You Feel My Heart and Sleepwalking, I love when it comes up when I'm working out. Yeah, yeah, it's and good stuff. Lyrically on this one, I'm burning down every bridge we made. I'll watch you choke on the hearts you break. I'm bleeding out of every word you said. Go to hell for heaven's sake. Uh, Ali's kind of singing about how he hates like the old version of himself. Yeah, and that yeah. was the inspiration for the song. Right. No, that's a perfect sum or like synopsis of that. Yeah, this one here, definitely one of the standouts for the album. Yeah, I agree. I think so. Along with the next song, Shadow Moses. Yeah, we're in this nice little three bit or three song bit here. So this is another really really nice one, and another hard rock track that borders on metal. Again, same kind of thing. It's got this feeling of like, especially in the very beginning, maybe the first minute or so, this feeling of impending doom. Like yes. something really fucked up is about to happen. And this, along with Can You Feel My Heart, some of the best live songs I've ever seen performed. Yeah, man. I mean, just rips away at it. The entire fucking band, man. So much energy. So powerful. <laughs> it, it, really, really nice work live with this song. Um, I like the bit they do in the chorus here where they got the background singers going back and forth with Ali on the mic. Kind yes. of almost like conversationally. And that was so cool live when, you know, they're saying, can you tell from the look in her eyes? And then the whole crowd sings, we're going nowhere. Yeah. So fucking cool. Uh, this is a perfect like stadium anthem song for them, especially if this is like let, this is what we're calling their ground zero. This is the perfect fucking song to have early in your your career, your set to get the fucking people going. 
Absolutely. So a couple fun facts in this one. The title is actually from uh, old video game Metal Gear, Metal, Metal Gear Solid. It, it, that's I didn't I couldn't put the pieces together, but it sounded like something like that. Uh, the melody, like this, the, the kind of like spooky sound you get at the beginning. That's like from inspired by the video game as well, which is kind of funny. It's funny you mention that. There's a song I'll, I'll, I'll mention later. It sounds like they just made scorn. Yeah, so they, uh, there's a, they ended up getting some help from the producer of Doom on some of their later ah, songs. So that's, <laughs> yeah. Okay, gotcha. But he talks about that sometimes, too, where like video games is kind of like a, a fun thing that he enjoys doing on the side. Yeah, so the band said on this one, too, I think we've had songs in car racing games or something, but we all want one in FIFA or something cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were tagged to make the music for... Death Stranding. Death Stranding, yeah. And it just maybe didn't work out or something. They only did one song. We'll we'll talk about it later. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that that's a cool pull. It's a bit human of them, you know. Yeah. Th- so this song, going back to Shadow Moses, this song goes hard as fuck. It's about battling your own demons. And uh, another fun fact on this one, there. Well, actually, two. Real quick, they they say this is sempaternal in the song, which is the name yeah. of the album, which is kind of funny. But that line was, uh, I guess, misheard as this is Sandpit Turtle. Leading to an internet meme, <laughs> and I guess like uh, someone went like Matt Nichols from the band went in and he's like, "Have you guys heard about this?" And like, "Yeah, we've all heard about this," like, <laughs> which is kind of funny because when he belts out that line, I don't know how you could mishear it. Yeah, I I agree. I would have never ever ever got that, but you know, people take things a lot of different ways. <sighs> Excuse yeah. me while I kiss this guy. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is definitely an awesome hard rock anthem. Yeah, I love yeah. this one. Um. That's kind of where this one drops off for me. Oh, I'm, see, I really like the next song, too. Okay. And the snakes start to sing. Another great title for a song. Just so out there. Uh, this one's like a slower, lower, kind of ballady feel to it. Plucky, sad guitar mixed in with these synth rips and soft drums. Um, you get these, like, the sound kind of fills out a little bit when the chorus, like the background singers coming on the chorus to, like, sing on top of Ollie's lyrics. Um, you know, it's nice track. It's nothing crazy for me. So originally they were going to get a choir. To, oh, that would have rocked. Well, they actually hired a choir, and then they ended up saying, like, uh, it came off, like, a bit, like, kind of, like, Broadway-y. Uh, okay, so gotcha. they went back to Ollie, and they're like, why don't you do it? Yeah. And that's the end product that you get. And I actually think it turns out well. Yeah. The lyrics, I guess, and uh when i was doing prep for the podcast ollie provides a lot of context on a lot of the lyrics which is yeah this one he said these lyrics are so personal that they'll mean nothing to anyone else but my parents and me Uh, which is kind of cool like to have like yeah yeah we've talked about that before where sometimes artists the fray uh get into these weird like theoretical fantasy lands um but i like I, i do like when it's very personal yeah and i for some reason this is the song that gets stuck in my head that i wouldn't expect it to and it's the part where he sings, worms come out of the woodwork, leeches crawl from out of the dirt, rats come out of the holes they call home, I fall apart, and the snakes begin to sing. Or, this, sorry, the snakes start to sing. It's a bit Rob Zombie. It's like this, and it's super, the whole song is like really like kind of eerie and like... Vulgar or graphic. Yeah. And to me, it, the lyrics sound like he's talking a little bit about like uh, relapsing, but I guess we won't yeah, know. Cause right. He yeah. right. Tough to tell. All right, uh, next one, seen it all before. Just really not a fan of this one. Um, it it just feels like they they took their formula and 
it didn't like it was just another track on the album like it feels very generic to me yeah i would say i like this one a little bit more than the next two but the next this one and the next two are probably the weaker three tracks on the album yeah i think so um i kind of had the same note for the, the next two as well like it just feels like they had to fill out the album a little bit uh and you know just fill out the formula they got for some of their songs yeah so the next song is anti-vist which this is probably my least favorite off the entire album yeah i didn't like this one at all this is very very metal very heavy it's not quite deathcore but like very fucking heavy um just not my taste not a and fan. they wrote this one about people that are online and talking shit and it's just i don't know this is a. Uh, you know, they have some great hits on this album, so having, like, one loser, it's not, not the end of the world. All right, so. So. The, oh, shoot. The next song on Sempaternal is Crooked Young. Uh, this is another one where it is just all right for me. I don't. We don't have to spend too much time on it. It's another anti-religion song. Yeah, I didn't like this one much either. And then the closer for the album, I did want to talk about this one. This is Hospital for Souls. I don't think there's a ton of replay value here, but I think this was an awesome closer for the album. I kind of had the same thing. I'm not a big fan of this track, but um, it does kind of feel like it's in the right spot here. It's got this weird, like, eerie spoken bit for the first minute, give or take. Um, comes in with some like violin strings a little bit through that and then kind of crashes into this hard rock metal track again, softens up towards the end. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure the story's a little bit more interesting than the music here. Yeah, so it's just about talking about killing your old self to be reborn. And this is, like I said, he had just written this after, you know, getting off of a, a ketamine addiction. So some of that spoken intro, there's glimpses of heaven in, in every day and the friends I have, the music I make with the love I feel. I just had to start again. I think there's something more like pervasive to that beyond his his perspective, his, uh, you know, situation where it's like if you're not getting to where you want to be in life, sometimes you have to take a hard look in the mirror and really like figure out what's stopping you from getting where you want to be or the person that you want to be. And sometimes, yeah, you do have to make like a hard turn away from who you were to be the person that you want to be. Um, in a more broad sense yeah in in the song where he actually sings about like killing his old self is you know he sings hold me close don't let go watch me burn in this hospital for souls yeah but just like hospital for souls that's just a really really cool metaphor really cool song title regardless of the the meaning of the lyrics or whatever brilliant writer like very poetic with it again you know the way he he presents it is a whole other thing but very strong writer yeah and this this song is one of the better lyrical ones for me too totally agree he, he also sings everybody wants to go to heaven but nobody wants to die i can't fear death no longer i've died a thousand times which is another just awesome line and then there's two bonus tracks on this album join the club just all right and then deathbeds which i think that one was decent um i don't know do you have anything else on some paternal no i think it's um again if we're if we're calling if we're marking this as their like uh ground zero it's a good starting point um there's some hits on this album it's not their best work but it's some really good work um and it's a good setup for like some of their other stuff yeah so the next album comes out in 2015 that's the spirit i think 
this is in the same vein as like a one X or even like a hybrid theory or a meteor where every single song on the album start to finish is good. It's a 10 out of 10 album for me overall. I was debating this to myself because I really like this album too. Uh, I, man, I've listened, I've been a fan of this album for a while. Um, and I've listened to this a few times. I like, at the very least, like every song in this album. It's very, so they, they tune it down a little bit into more of that borderline hard rock metal level um, for almost all these tracks here. And it just hits, man. It's so catchy, so powerful, so like a bit Linkin Parky in a sense. Um, is it a 10 out of 10 for me? Maybe let's come back to that at the end after we've talked through it. Sure. But I do really love a lot of songs in this album, um, and I don't think they have a miss. No, I, I'm I'm with you. So let's get into it. The first song on the album is Doomed, which it's a different sound, but I love like the chorus on this. And it's I don't know. It's a it's a it's a unique choice for an opener, but I think it works. Yeah, I I actually think this is a great way to kick off this album, too. It's just. Again, high high tempo, high energy, screaming more akin to like a Chester Bennington than some of his previous work. Um, rocky, thick sounds throughout. Just and there are other parts that are so sweetly sung too. Like I love that he has that. That's yes. a lot of of these tracks where he has the hard screaming, yelling, and then he he really steps it down into this like sweet. Like, ooh, 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 yeah. Ooh. You can tell he worked on that between in between Sempaternal and That's the Spirit. It's just such a great bit. It's a great way of changing levels, surprising the listener. It's so fucking good. I love this as an opener. I, I really like this as a track. Yeah, so you know what's cool on this one? They actually take a sample from uh, Requiem for a Dream, oh, okay. which is a, a movie that came out in 2000 with yeah. uh, Jared Leto, and I forget the lead female actress. Yeah, I don't but It's cool. I just watched this movie, and after watching the movie and then going back i was like oh like i recognize that sound it was it's like kind of what they use in the movie for like to to show when people are like doing drugs again because uh, gotcha. it covered the movie covers four heroin addicts okay and each time they like shoot up it, it does this like gotcha, gotcha. it kind of repeats this and that's what you hear in the song okay um and then the lyrical content on the song ollie said it's about how most of the time my life feels like this unimaginable monster that i can't keep at bay there's the lyric the devil told me no room for cheats i thought i sold my soul but he kept the receipt which is kind of me getting a second chance even though it seemed like i had a death wish gotcha gotcha that's powerful man that's really powerful it sounds a little bit like he's on the brighter side of that like getting over his addiction whereas in the last album it felt like he was still fucking angry and, and yelling and screaming about it uh this one feels like he's he's kind of got not gotten over it but like accepted it and just dealing with it now yeah and i'm with you i just like i like that he has like that sweetness and and now and it's such like a it's a very like salt sweet and salt uh you know yin yang kind of thing to it I j it's such a great touch they do it so many times it's so cool yeah because not a lot like like chester didn't have that chester doesn't not, have like a not sweet not that sweet no, no yeah um anyways great open for this album and before we move to the next one i just want to note this album cover I've loved since it came out. I, I wanted to get I remember being in high school and being like, I'm not a huge fan of this band, but man, that album cover fucking rocks. I would love a T-shirt. We, we should get that for the studio. Oh, dude, it's so cool. It's a very simple album cover. For those of you who haven't seen it, black background with a white, like cartoonish drawing of, a, of an umbrella and the rain. There's no rain 
except for under the umbrella. Um, and it's just this this like kind of tongue in cheek bit of aha like, yeah, it's not raining outside except where I am. It's fucking raining on top <laughs> of me and I'm trying to stop the rain. It's such a cool bit, man. I just, it's so simple, but it hits the nail on the fucking head. It's so cool. And it works for, like, the lyrical content yeah, of this album. Yeah, it rocks, man. Yeah. We should uh, we should, I, I, we should get something for this Yeah, video. yeah, that'd yeah. be great. Put it, like, right here, maybe. Yeah. All righty. Uh, next one. Uh, another tongue-in-cheek bit here. Happy song. Not at all happy, but, you know, happy song. Yeah, so it's, it's a sarcastic song, obviously. Uh, what's cool is... They they sing the name of the album in this song. That's the spirit. Yeah, and they get like a cheerleader yeah, sounding like a, chant. Yeah, where they're they're singing S P I R I T spirit. Let's hear it. And that like I, I like who the fuck does that? Who does that? But it, it it really leans into the sarcastic bit of it. Where like that's supposed to be like a happy joyous thing. You know, you see cheerleaders at the football game on a Friday night, and it's like oh this is cool. Again, it is not that at all. It's such a like Holly takes such a twist from it because it opens kind of heavy with just the cheerleaders chanting. And then the guitar hits like after the first cheer chant and it just rips away, man. Yeah. And what makes this song is his vocal work when he when he gets into. But if I sing along a little fucking louder to a happy song, I'll be all right. Like the way he sings those two lines is what makes the song good for me. I love the bridge on this one, too. Uh, I'll pull up the lyric here, but he just kind of like growl. Like the music comes down a little bit, like a lot, a lot. It's really just like kind of a uh, buzzing bass you hear in the background. And then Ollie starts growling out this lyric. Hold on. Let me pull it up here. Um, it's like the world has come alive. We're all fucked in the head. Something like that. Um, yeah. And while you pull that up, Ollie said on this song, happy song is all about making light out of a shitty situation. Yeah. Yeah, and it's got a bit of, like, I took it as kind of, like, you know the, uh, maybe not the, you know the, but, like, I would imagine in rehab he had people that are, like, just, you know, fake it till you make it. Pretend to be happy. If you pretend to be happy, at some point you will be happy. Um, and I think this is a bit of a, like, retort to that. Like, you can't just fucking fake it. You can't just listen to a happy song and all of a sudden you're fucking happy. Right. That's not how that works. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I can't. I can't find this right now, but. Um, I think it's we are possessed. We're all fucked in the head, alone and depressed. And then he gets back into the chorus, but he kind of just growls it out low and slow. It's so <laughs> fucking cool. Yeah. No, this is a, a really cool track. So the third track on their album, arguably their biggest song. I think this this and Can You Feel My Heart have the most streams on Spotify. Sure. But this is Throne. Yeah, man. This is their anthem. Uh, Loud, thrash, not thrashy, but like, again, just in your face and like, so fucking catchy, man. Um, I, I love the way this one opens where it's kind of like a, the synth and the screaming mixed together to make this like up temp or up pitch sound mm-hmm. that just sounds like raw and, and fucking in your face. Um, classic, classic riff here. Um, really like great crowd pleaser track. The vocals again. This is probably his best work on the mic on this album, in my opinion. Um, it's up there. Again, just so fucking catchy with the chorus here. I, I love this one. Same. It's great for the workout playlist. Lyrically, this is about how you can turn negative aspects of what you've been going through into something positive. It's funny. Uh, Ollie and Jordan said the harp in the verse for Throne, they actually stole from the original version of Drown, which is a song that comes on later on yeah, the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and he said he ended up taking it out of the album version of Drown to use it for Throne. But if you listen to the single version of Drown, it's still there. Which is kind of funny. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I love, you know, in the chorus. So you can throw me to the wolves. Tomorrow I will come back. Leader of the whole pack. Beat me black and blue. Every wound will shape me. Every scar will build my throne. Yeah, this is exactly. That's the kind of thing you need to get the fucking blood pumping. You're yes. ready to go hit some hit some weights. Hit this one. Yeah, and it's it's cool. It's it's one of their like more positive songs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to, you know, uh, maybe kind of parse that out sometimes when you let just listen to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're batting three for three. I mean, the, uh, they're going to be batting. I was going to say they're just going to keep hitting here. Yeah, because the next song is True Friends, which is it's cool. This one is like a it's a, it's got a different sound to it, but lyrically, this is I like this one a lot. Yeah, and I, I like the the bit here, right? Like, yeah, it, it's that twist on like the Caesar stabbed in the back by Brutus. This is very like again in your face, like not it's not don't trust people, but it's be wary because the people close to you are not gonna like hide it when they come for you. Yeah, and it's a cool metaphor. True friends stab you in the front. Right, right. Uh, but again, from a musical standpoint. It's slightly more palatable musically, a little bit softer than the last couple tracks, but still heavy. Um, again, I, I think you could really get the crowd into this one in a live show. Um, it mixes in like violin strings throughout, gives it a little bit of that softer, sweeter bit to it, while still hitting it with that thrashy, heavy guitar, um, loud popping drums. I just there's a lot of good stuff here too. Yeah, and I think this song, what makes this album and this song great, is just how the production blends with Ollie belting out the choruses yeah i agree like i wouldn't hold my breath if i was you because i'll forget but i'll never forgive you don't you know don't you know the true friends stab you in the front like just the way they blend the the lyrics with the, the sound it's just it's amazing yeah and again we'll talk about like it's that first it's the first couple lines there in the chorus where his voice is not so much screamy as it is crying yeah you know he's he's toned it up a little bit and tuned down like the the bass in his voice where it's it's like almost sad but angry at the same time it's 100%. not so much yelly as it is crying yeah and i like the line you can run but you can't hide time won't help you because karma has no deadline yeah it's cool yeah uh the next song there's arguably their softest song to to date one of but yeah. one of one of their best ballads actually probably their best ballad follow you yeah i think i agree soft poppy ballad here slow clean guitar mixed with like bits of synth and uh synth drums um so sweet and powerful with the chorus on the vocals here piano's a really nice touch throughout this track i do really like this one yeah so lyrically he he wrote this for his ex-wife uh they're going through some hard times and it's like him saying that they're going to make it through a rough patch and him on the mic is just so great when he when he belts out you know you can drag me through hell if it meant i could hold your hand i will follow you and then it goes because i'm under your spell and you can throw me to the flames i will follow you i will follow you yeah, totally it, agree. Great track. Uh, funny note on this one. The music video for this song shows a guy casually roaming the streets during a zombie apocalypse. And he's, okay. He's got his headphones on, and he's he's just singing this song. <laughs> but in the background of the video, there's people killing each other and, like, just all sorts of carnage. It's just, it's just kind of funny. And there were some people that got mad. The music video opens with the guy. He, he steps outside on his porch, and he has his headphones on. And his dog's next to him, and someone just comes up and shoots the dog. <laughs> There's like blood on blood spatters, and uh, people are getting mad because you know Ollie's a, a strong believer in animal rights, and and he's a, a, a vegan or whatever. So they're getting mad at him, and he said in response to that because he directs a lot of their music videos, 
He just said, don't worry, he was getting old anyway. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> a little tongue-in-cheek there. <laughs> <laughs> never never shy to, to lean into the vulgar and absurd. Yeah. Next one, what you need. Um, it's a little bit heavier here. He definitely screams a little harder than some of the other tracks in this album in bits. Uh, but aside from that, this is very closer to like typical 2010s hard rock, honestly. I actually think this has more of a dreamer sound. I did not get that, but I'll let you pop off here. Go ahead. Oh, I just I think in the beginning of the song, I like if you just took the instrumental, I could totally see dreamers <laughs> going over it and doing doing that. Song. You know, it's funny. I was thinking all uh, through this stuff. I was like, if you took a lot of the buzz off this and tuned it down quieter, you could really get some like more classic sounds out of a lot of this stuff. Except they did turn the amps up to 13 <laughs> and they did fucking scream their face off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but okay, I get it a little bit poppier. Um, mid high tempo, mid high to high energy. Um, the screaming feels warranted on this track, though. It just seems to fit the sound. Um, and again, they do it where they like they're yelling, yelling, yelling soft bridge. Yeah, and he and he takes it down for that soft bridge where he he growls like you make me want to slip my wrists and play in my own blood. You make yeah, me want to kill myself. What a line. Just for the fucking fun. Yeah. Um good deep cut here. Yeah. Up next is Avalanche. Yeah, I think this is maybe in their next maybe in the top 20 of their like hits. Uh this is a cool track too. Opens with a fucking bang, man. Then just gets right into it. These kind of quieter, plucky hard rock verses. Really ramps up hard going into the chorus. Um, great vocal work here again. Uh, the screaming again, just nuanced, inflective. Um, very approachable, very fun listening. Yeah, so he he had written this song, and then he like got diagnosed with ADHD around this time. And then he, he basically just said, he's like, oh, wow, like this song is about my ADHD. I just didn't realize that was you know like the diagnosis. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, this is another one that I love when it comes on the workout playlist. Great chorus. Song kicks ass. Just, yeah. yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, perfect, perfect workout. This whole album is a perfect workout album. Yes. Just top to bottom. Yeah, the next song is maybe one of the more forgettable ones on the album, but still still good. This is uh, Run. Run. Yeah, a bit of an amp anthem. It's like a stadium anthem song here for them. Soft kind of building upbeat vibe going into the verses that turns into just like the very stadium rock chorus. Uh, a bit three days grace here from them. Um, Dick churning guitars, angry pounding drums again. Um, synth adds a nice little touch here and there. It's good, not great. Yeah. The next song is one of my favorites off the album. One of my favorites, Bring Me the Horizon songs in general. This is Drown. Yeah. My, no my first note here is this won't be fucking awesome live. Just yeah, so, so fucking cool. It's got a bit of that, like, this is war, 30 seconds to Mars feel to it, where it's got that odd, like, almost wartime build up to it. Um, not so much with, like, the quick drums, but just, like, the, the tension in the beginning, you know? Well, it's cool because he's, Ali told uh, in an interview, he said, we wanted to write something worthy of the arena on this song. Yeah, that's kind of what this is. Absolutely. And this is what I always talk about, where you could, you can do this so many different ways, dude. Um, you could stretch this one out to however long you feel like it just to get the crowd into it. Yeah. And again, in the chorus, which the chorus kicks so much ass in the song, it just sounds like he's like crying. Like, who will fix me now? Dive in when I'm drowned. Save me for myself. Don't let me drown. Yeah. This one's certainly, again, a little bit more closer to like pop rock, pop hard rock. 
um, you know, maybe like a heavier Foo Fighters or something like that. Um, you know, upbeat guitar, crowd noises behind, add a little bit of depth to it. And again, you mentioned about the like the stadium sound. Um, they do add in like those stadium voices, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, loud brash vocals, but like a pleading chorus. Yeah, really good song. Yeah, just about going through it, and that is all I have on this one. Gotcha. All right. Um, next track. Oh boy, I'm all over the, the place. The next track is Blasphemy. Yeah, a little stripped down here. Not like soft and plucky necessarily, but stripped down. Um, kind of similar to Drown. Kind of similar to Av- Avalanche a little bit. Not quite as Anthony. Um. But, like, the background singers do nice work here. It's still got good churning bits to it. Uh, not bad. I like – it's a good build up throughout the chorus, and then the music just kind of explodes after. Yeah, yeah. That's what they keep doing here, and it keeps working. Yeah, and the song is about cynical people that don't let go of their own beliefs, even though they might not actually believe them to be correct. Yeah, um, yeah this is another just solid, great rock. You, you know, you got hell to pay, but you already sold your soul. It's blasphemy, but the words don't make sense no more. What would your mother say? Your faith has you immured. So don't try and tell me that you still believe. No, don't preach to me. And then after that, don't preach to me. That's when the music just explodes. Yeah, fucking flies right off the page. It's a really cool bit they got there. Yeah. And then the closer for this album is Oh No, which, funny enough, uh, Ali said, it's meant to be like this anti-dance song, but in a way, in a way, it also sounds like a dance song. Yeah, this is very... Very truly and not like I, I've mentioned a lot. They mix in kind of pop rock sounds with some of this. Or they mix in hard rock. sound. This is very much a pop rock song in the truest sense of pop rock. It, it's a strange thing here where they mix it with like rock and EDM. They slow down like it's just choppy, almost like choppy kind of uptuned guitar and clap along beat. Like it's very feel good almost. Um, it's yeah. a strange bit. Not what at all what I was expecting, but regardless, good song. Yeah, so lyrically, it's about people that like just live for the weekend and, and live to party and go out. Uh, it, but in making a song about that, this is a song that you might hear going out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Strange, strange bit for them. I don't think it's a great closer for this album. Um, but I, regardless, still a good song. I'm with you. I still like the song. Maybe not the best closer, but all in all, again, this is... To me, this is one of my favorite albums of the last 10, 20 years. Brother, what's going on with that laptop? Oh, so I didn't charge it fully before. Ah, okay, gotcha. gotcha. And the thing loses battery quickly. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. That's why it's tough, dude. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, overall, that's the spirit. Fantastic album. I still don't think I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10, but very, very good. I'm giving it a 10. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> uh. Um. So, yeah, That's the Spirit comes out in 2015. They take a bit of a hiatus. The next album comes out in 2019. This is... Amo. 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 Spanish or Portuguese. I think I said Amo earlier, but yeah, Yeah. Amo. Amo. Love. And this is a concept album about love. Yeah, yeah. You definitely get more of that vibe here. There's a lot of tracks about love. There's some other tracks that are kind of off the path mixed in here. Um, This is certainly more akin to, like, Lincoln Parks. What's that last album they had? Oh, After Hunting Party. Yeah, no, I can see the album cover right now. Yeah. It's uh But it, it's, it's not very heavy. It's, it's very much that. It's kind of this like hard rock EDM 
I don't even want to call it a blend because they very much go up and down between hard rock and EDM. There's plenty of just standard EDM tracks on here, a few hard rock tracks, and then a little bit of stuff in between. Um, but for the most part, they kind of do one or the other. And I would argue, comparing it to that Linkin Park album, the Linkin Park album falls flat in some of the EDM aspects, where this one, I think, for me at least, hits the nail on the head. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there i think part of that is like with a band like this you're or at least let me say from my perspective i'm a little bit more open to hearing like different like really out there stuff from them like if this is not what you were expecting that's okay because this band does all sorts of different shit whereas lincoln park i was more expecting um a lincoln park album and that's not at all what they delivered with that album and i think that's where like my enjoyment differs between the two gotcha and it is worth noting on that's a spirit and this album uh ollie and jordan fish produced the whole album those two yeah yeah jordan again we've talked about jordan jordan's great on this album whether or not you like all these songs it, it's it is really nice work yeah so the album opens with i apologize if you feel something which is basically an interlude to set up the next song yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it, too. It's kind of a shorter track, maybe like a minute and a half, two minutes. Um, got these, it's like strange experimental EDM beats with modulated vocals. Drums come in like halfway through. Uh, tone center, but it's really, yeah. You could just tag this onto the first, uh, you could just tag this into Mantra, and it's like a longer version of Mantra. Is it Mantra or Mantra? I I, they, so they say like, Let's get into it. The next track is Mantra, Mantra. Technically, like, if I was talking to you, I would say Mantra. Mantra. But, but they sing it like... The, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. So they got this cool bit in the chorus here where he's singing. Uh, Ollie's singing. He's yelling his, yelling his heart out, uh, doing his thing. I fucking love the little ad where they got the, like, the Siri voice going, Mantra. <laughs> I love it. It's such a cool drop there. Um, aside from that, very classic, like, could fit on the last album perfectly. Yeah, so I actually had a note where I was like, and this this uh, this was released as a single before the album, but I kind of thought, I was like, oh, is this a leftover from That's a Spirit? Yeah, that, that would make a lot of sense if it was. It just fits perfectly. Hard rock blended with EDM, loud in-your-face riff mix, mixes with synth beautifully. Um, you know, Ollie's in this kind of mid-level for the verses, and then just really ramps up hard into the chorus. Very anthem very, like, stadium rock sound to it. Um really just great work from this band yeah and the songs about how people will just follow other people blindly uh in the music video depicts ollie as a cult leader whose followers hang on to his every word which is kind of funny yeah so i i read something when this before this album came out like you said they took a little bit of a hiatus and then suddenly out of nowhere they had this they tried to do this viral marketing campaign where in big cities around the world all of a sudden you just start seeing like stickers and signs and stuff that just said do you want to start a cult Ah, and so that's the whole bit in this song is like one of the first lines. Ollie just kind of like a little growly says, like, do you, you want to start a cult? cult with me? Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of like the, the campaign for this album. Um, so I get where that comes from. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is one of their biggest hits. It's definitely a song you would recognize if you have any like inkling about this band. Really, really fucking cool. Yeah, I love this song. The I really don't like this next one. Yeah, I knew you weren't going to like this one. This one has grown on me the more I've listened to it. This is much more of like just stricter like EDM. Yeah, so this is where we get into it. Nihilistic Blues featuring Grimes. 
uh, Elon Musk's uh, ex-wife. Ex-wife. Um, very low, buzzy, quiet electronic track. Has a nice build-up kind of to the chorus drop section of the track. Um, fairly clubby, but not super poppy. A little bit more like trance house kind of sound to it. Um, it's all right. I don't know. So the song talks about nihilism, focusing on the meaninglessness of life and existential crisis. Uh, I don't know. I, I like this song. It's it's a much more drawn out with some of the instrumentals. It's it's grown on me. I they end up getting sued for this song, but I'm not. I want to talk about that later because it ties into another song. Oh, okay. Uh, but they end up ripping off of uh, Amy Lee and Evanescent. Oh my Evanescence. Yeah, thank you. They end up ripping them off uh, for part of a Your melody. Your mic just caught. Oh, really? Yeah. Check, check. I, I don't think you can hear me. I can hear you. Oh, I can't hear you in my headset. Maybe it's my headset. What about now? Yeah. Back. All right. My bad. I had to kick the volume down. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, yeah. That, that They ripped off Evanescence. We'll talk about it later, but that's what you're saying? Yeah. Huh. It's it's actually a really funny story, but we'll talk about it later. Well, that's interesting because, yeah, Amy Lee does come around later. <laughs> um, all right. Next one, In the Dark. This is kind of a blended pop rock EDM track here. Uh, mid-tempo, kind of light, fun listening. Um, mid-tune with the occasional heavier lick mixed in reminds you that it's still bringing me the horizon a little bit. Um, poppy, poppy keyboard and synth drums. Got this like kind of bittersweet feel to it. Um, I like this one more than the last one. I love the way that Ali cadences the verses yeah. to kind of match up with the music. Yeah, I agree. He gets a little bit more tempo with it. Yeah, and this song is about, you know, it's from the perspective of someone who found out their lover's been cheating, which happened to Ali with his ex-wife, and that's, you know, why they split amongst other things. Right. Um, but no, I, I like when he when he sings like, so don't swear to God he never asked you. It's not his heart you drove a knife through. It's not his world you turned inside out. Not his tears are rolling down. And then he follows up with, Jesus Christ, you're so damn cold. Don't don't you know you've lost control? I just I don't know. For some reason, I really just like those couple lines. Kind of powerful, yeah. Well, just the way that he sings them too, where he's just like, he's just angry, like he's yeah. just angrily like, so don't swear to God he never asked you. Yeah, right. You know, right. people always like, oh, I, you know, I swear to God I didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I hear you. Alrighty. Uh, next one, Wonderful Life, featuring Danny Filth. So this guy, I guess, is in some band in England. I don't know. I yeah, I think it's a, a pretty heavy metal band. Yeah, anyways, um, I don't know if the feature's great here, but it's whatever. Uh, regardless, kind of popular hard rock track here. Loud, thick, buzzy chords, heavy drum and bass. Very typical, like, Bring Me the Horizon pattern here with the, the composition. Um, really rips it off on the chorus here. Very chant-along sound to it, in my opinion. Um, I like this one a lot. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this one. A couple of fun facts on this one. This is one of the only songs where the lyrics were freestyled by Ollie in the studio. Ah, gotcha. That's yeah. cool. And he said, the song's about those kind of days that you get when no one's worried about where you are. You don't have to be anywhere, and you kind of just get a day by yourself. Okay, cool. Which, you know, in the chorus, he sings, Lone getting high on a Saturday night. I'm on the edge of a knife. Nobody cares if I'm dead or alive. Oh, what a, wonder what, oh, what a wonderful life. Yeah. And then the fun fact on this song, this was originally intended for Limp Biscuit. Uh, Ollie and, and Jordan Fish were writing with, they had a couple of writing sessions with Fred Durst where they said it just didn't work out because he didn't show up for some of them and just wasn't into it for others. <laughs> <laughs> Which, 
What a dickhead. I mean, 20, in 2018, 2019, Fred Durst is probably a turd. Oh, dude. You do not want to hang out with Fred Durst in 2024. <laughs> yeah. Not even a little bit. Right. So it's funny because they kind of – they weren't even mad about it. They were just like, yeah, it's one uh, of those things that didn't work out. Fred Durst, what are you going to do? We got a song out of it. <laughs> <laughs> the expectations were low. I mean, it is what it is. What it is. <laughs> yeah, I guess Limp Bizkit was supposed to be making an album, and <laughs> Ollie and Jordan were like, yeah, they, he just didn't really seem into it at all. <laughs> oh, the, the, the Limp Bizkit re- return didn't happen in 2019? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do that at some point. Yeah. That'll be a tough lesson. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, next one here is Ouch. Ouch. Very poppy EDM track here. Um, they got a woman on the vocals for like most of it. Ollie pops in here and there. I think it's, I thought it was a woman, but I think it's Ollie just like tuned way out of whack. Whoa, they just engineered his voice like that? Well, I don't know because on Genius it said Ollie, but I don't know because it, it sounds it, like a it woman. It sounds like a woman's vocals. So if they did, I mean, you could do that like they can do anything on the computer you know but yeah huh yeah you would never know that then if that is what it is that you would never know regardless um it's got this very house vibe to it um drums kind of keep it kind of rocky but aside from that very house music sound um it's fine yeah it's it's about his ex who cheated on him and i I do like the line a lot where he says and i know i said you could drag me through hell because he wrote follow you for his ex-wife right and that's from follow you and then he follows it up with said i hoped you wouldn't fuck the devil which is just like a, yeah yeah right. that's that's a cool little bit there yeah that's again poetic oh definitely yeah so cool the next track is one of my favorites off the album medicine yeah it's another edm track here ollie on vocals again i guess I, my note was ollie back on vocals but that seems strange now in, <laughs> with that context um Plucky high notes on guitar dropped in here and that and has a very like hard rocky chorus, but still kind of poppy. Um, I do really like this one. Very easy, like fun listening. Yeah. And again, this one's about toxic relationships and he's just saying, you know, you need to taste your own medicine. This song to me, it's it's like this hard rock EDM poppy kind of sound. It almost sounds like or like a reimagined like sound from That's the Spirit. Yeah, a little twist on that. And I think that's the bit, right, is like they did that the spirit. It has commercial success, and they're enjoying that. So they just kind of twisted it a little bit for this album. Yeah. You know, a little bit more leaned into the EDM side of it. Yeah, definitely. The next track is Sugar, Honey, Ice, and Tea. Uh, So did you get, like, the – have you heard that expression before? No. So this is one where Ollie's dad used to say when he was growing up. Very British in it. (laughs) Sugar, Honey, Ice, and Tea is a way of saying shit. Uh, Ah, okay, I get it. Um, I do. I like this one a lot, man. Um, poppy hard rock track here. It feels like they turned a pop rock track down two notches in terms of like, uh, tone, you know? Um, again, you want to talk about dreamers. It sounds a little bit like dreamers just tuned down and buzzed up. Um, Ollie sounds fantastic on the mic here. Um, they do this weird, like high pitched edit on his vocal on the chorus yeah not a huge fan of that bit i don't know why it just doesn't hit for me but aside from that very very good track um very like fun loud heavy listening good track yeah i'm kind of with you and it's funny on the note of the expression sugar honey ice and tea is a way to say shit when he took it to his bandmates even they were like we've never heard that what the fuck yeah (laughs) it's not exactly see you next tuesday yeah all right uh next one why you gotta kick me when i'm down 
darker, heavy EDM pop track here. Thick buzz and bass, synthy, uh, angry, dejected, like lower vocals. The verses flow a little bit, a little bit more hip hoppy. Um, and then he's got this cool, like, I don't know, like a children's choir that drops in here and there. That's kind of a cool effect. Um, this is a good one, not great. Oh, I really like this one. This one for me, it's got that sense of impending doom. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's almost like uh, in part of the song they have like it almost sounds like there's like a siren. Like if you're on like yeah, a, a spaceship that's yeah, like you yeah. know get, it needs to be evacuated or whatever. Or, or, or like, like the the siren you hear like at the beginning of the month, whatever the Saturday, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and it sounds like to me, I get the the sense of like you're in space and there's like you know something's going yeah, wrong. Right, and, right. The escape hatch. And then they even have at one point in the song, you can hear it's kind of muffled where they do like like a rocket launch countdown where they're oh, like, Oh, okay. Nine. Yeah. Eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just, I really like this style and the chorus is really heavy. Oh, and to the choir point, they actually do use local village kids uh, in the choir from Ollie's local hometown. village kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Makes it sound like he's out in some like the middle of fucking nowhere. Just got a couple village kids. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and uh, let's see, what was the other note I had here? Oh, are I, there any village kids here that we can use? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say for the style, like this style of song, I'd like to see like Three Days Grace or Papa Roach or maybe even like yeah. Shine Down or Foo Fighters yeah. do something in the vein of this album. <laughs> Can't get over it. Can we, imagine Ollie walks up to like a children's choir composer and he's like, hey, can we get some village kids? I got this cool track. I need some help. <laughs> Ollie Sykes walks up to this person and this guy's like, no fucking way. Not a chance. <laughs> no local village kids for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, got to move on. But wouldn't, wouldn't you like to see like a tradition like Papa Roach or Three Days Grace or Foo Fighters try something like this? Yeah, man, that'd be cool. It'd be different for them. It'd be something new, you know. I, I totally agree. Maybe it'd get a little bit more play because they got the they got the cachet that maybe Breaking the Horizon doesn't. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, next one, Fresh Bruises. Um, got this soft, trancey EDM vibe to it. Highly modulated, deepened vocals. Uh, kind of bumpy track. Not. It's more jammy than it is like a, a standard structured track. Not for me, but you know. Yeah, I think this one is, like, super auto-tuned. Way, way auto-tuned. Yeah, I don't know. This one's kind of like an eerie... I don't know. It's, They're it's trying right. something. Yeah. Not for me. I'm with you. The next one is Mother Tongue, which I is... I kind of really like this one, too. Yeah, it's another ballad. Yeah, soft kind of house track here. Mixing guitars and drums and synth with easy, like, sweet, lovey vocals. Um a little buzzier, higher energy chorus with this one gives it some good energy. Um, I do like this one a lot. Yeah, so this one was written for his second wife, current wife, uh, who speaks Portuguese. Yeah, and that's where they get the title Amo, yeah? Yeah, so that's where they get... So don't say, you love me, fala Amo. Yeah. Because uh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. means love in Portuguese. Right, right. It's cool. And uh, yeah, just, you know, I want to hear your mother tongue is... It's a cool, like, yeah. sweet little bit. Yeah, again, yeah, very poetic with it. It's... Yeah, it's definitely like softer and more poppy, but I really like it. Yeah, I think so too. Next one. This and, is one. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. I just want to go back real quick because I, I think I might have messed this up in my notes. But when we were talking about why you got to kick me when I'm down, I'm pretty sure this was one of the ones where they got the guy who produced Doom, like oh, the soundtrack for Doom, cool. to help them out with. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. That rocks. 
All right. Uh, next one. We talked about this a little bit, or I talked about this a little bit earlier. Heavy Metal featuring Rozelle. Um, so they talked about this one. They kind of had like a uh, almost like a beatboxy beat to it, is what Ali uh, was saying. And so they were like, what if we got like a cool hip hop guy to come join us on this one? And that's exactly what they did. I so who does that? How cool is that? So fucking cool. It's Ali and Rozelle kind of trading off these hip hop verses or lines in the verses, let's say. Um, Rozelle's got this very deep, almost like kind of like Caribbean accent to it a little bit, um, which is a great compliment to Ali's very British sound. Um, hip hop EDM. Heavy guitars play along with the EDM beat. Um, really, everything kicks up in the chorus. A bit Linkin Park here. Um, I just, I love this one. And I love the the bit about, like, oh, these kids think we play heavy metal still. They, they're they pissed off we don't play heavy metal. Fuck them. Yeah, it's a really cool way to address, like, how some people perceive the band after yeah. all these years. And in the chorus, he sings, so I keep picking pedals. All I want to know, do you love me anymore? Because some kid on the gram said he used to be a fan, but this shit ain't heavy metal. Yeah. And the line, so I keep picking pedals. It's like, you know that old, like, uh, when you She grow- loves me, she loves me not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. When you're, like, a, a kid or whatever, and it's like, oh, she loves me, she loves me not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a cool line from him, and <laughs> yeah. the beatboxing on this song is really cool, too. Yeah, and that that analogy right there is just, it's kind of a, a, a thought about how fickle, like, fans can be, you know? Like... You would think that fans that have been there from the beginning would be there regardless. Uh, and it's a bit disappointing when they're like, what the fuck? You don't play heavy metal anymore? Fuck you. Yeah. And all he said on this one, he's like, I totally support people's opinions. And if and if you're someone who's only a fan of metal and hardcore with no exceptions, you're well within your rights to hate this. Sure. But if you're open to more, just give it more than one listen. Yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, that's it's kind of the core of what we're doing here is trying to give give it an open listen, <laughs> you know, Um yeah, so it's it's cool, cool track, especially later in the album. Yeah, so the album closes with one of my all-time favorite "Bring Me the Horizon" songs, one of criminally underrated. I don't know what to say. Yeah, this is gonna be more heavy on you. Let me just get through my bit. Sad, sad ballad here. Violin strings and hovering synth over just beat and broken vocals. Clicky mid-tempo drums. Um, it's a really, really nice way to round this album out perfect yeah i'm just gonna end up reading most of the lyrics here but this song was written for one of ollie's like longtime friends aiden who ended up passing away from cancer and he wrote the song before his friend actually passed away but let me just get into some of the lyrics the song opens with i'll see you at the gates when it gets dark you'll jump the wall i'll find a place to park kill the angels if they're keeping guard how do i start when you don't know what to say no i don't know what to say when I originally heard this song, I thought he was actually talking about like going to heaven, with like the li- like the lines, you know, I'll see you at the gates when it gets dark, you'll jump the wall, all that. Um, but I think upon reading it further and some of the stuff I was reading online, it's actually setting the scene at like a cemetery. Right, right, yeah. It's it's just so powerful, man. It's like I think it it, it strikes a chord with anybody who's been through even a similar situation, right? Like. Sometimes there just aren't words like you yeah. wish you had something to say. You wish there were you were a bit more poetic, a little more powerful with your with your words. And in, in moments like this, you just there's nothing consoling. There's nothing like supportive you could say except like, wow. And uh, especially when someone that you love is dying and it's like what what you there's nothing you can say. Right. And his, so his friend Aiden had the line. 
the world's already full enough of defeated people. I will not be one. And he uses that in the song. Like you, he says, like, you know, you said the world's full enough of defeated people and you will not be one, which is really cool. Yeah, it kind of rounds this track out nicely because it could just be a sad like, wow, the world sucks. Everything sucks. But it is it is a bit empowering in that sense where like Ali's talked about it and I read a little note about it where he's like, you know, it's these people who are going through the worst possible, the worst imaginable situations sometimes just find this strength or this ability to persevere, whether or not they you know, physically persevere, just the ability to keep on, you know. Yeah, this is one of those songs where after I dove into the lyrics and I listened to it again, like I, I almost made me cry. It was it was I was close. Super powerful, man. Really, really powerful. And then I, it closes out with, like you said, kind of a more positive outlook. How a flower in the rain only grows more when it's gray. You just shine on brighter and making gold out of the pain. I can die, but I can't break. You said you can rule. I won't obey as long as I'm still smiling. Well, I don't know what to say. And then after that, the music cuts out for like three seconds. And then it kicks in with this heavy, heavy instrumental that goes for another two and a half minutes. It's just every time it comes on, I, I love this song. Yeah, I, I can't say I like it as much as you, but it is very powerful and I wouldn't skip it if I like if it came along again, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that closes out Amo. I think it's a very good album still, certainly not to the heights of That's the Spirit. Um, but it's it's something different. It's interesting. There's a lot of good stuff in here regardless. Yeah, it's a it's a cool sound. I like the album a lot. Definitely would be open to more of it from these guys. And uh yeah. The next project is music to listen to, and it's a much longer title, but that's the abbreviated yeah, version I, of it. <laughs> I kind of want to bring it up. It, it's such a long title that it's absurd. Uh, give me one second here. Uh, da, 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 music to listen to. The title for this album is Music to Listen to, Dance to, Blaze to, Pray to, fle- Feed to, Sleep to, Talk to, Drain to, Trip to, Breathe to, Help to, Hurt to, scroll, scroll to, love, Roll to, Love to, Hate to, Learn to, Plot to, play to, be to, feel to, breed to, sweet to, dream to, hide to, live to, die to, go to. I'll say that five times fast. Yeah. Uh, colloquially known as music to listen to. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm fine just talking about this album as a whole. Yeah. Instead of we going, can skip around. Yeah. Because a lot of it is kind of this like lo-fi instrumental. Like there's like 10, 15, 20 minute songs. Where Very it's, experimental, different. There's not... If you're into like kind of indie like experimental shit, this is for you. This is not at all something that either of us are no, fans it's, of. It's a lot of like like Ollie does like some spoken word and it's like Yeah, so uh, let's just talk about that one. Underground sure. Big, Head Full of Hyena featuring Bexy and Lotus Eater. It's a 24-minute song and the vast majority of the song is just Ollie and spoken word with a low kind of like buzzy thing underneath. Yeah. Um you know, it, it's more of a, it's a bit more of like a slam, slam poem than is a song. Uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff in here. It's a, it's, it's a heavy read. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything on that. And they, they have a song where they get Halsey on the mic. Yeah, that was kind of cool. And uh, even that one, like, it's, it's all right, but it's, I'm not gonna keep coming back to it. I'm not a fan of the song, but I think it's cool they got Halsey. I don't know, Halsey's good. Man. It would have been cooler if they did a real song with her. And yeah, 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 agreed. Um, I do. Unless you have anything else on this, I want to try to read the last, the title of the last song. The title <laughs> of the last song has no, there's no uh, letters in it. 
it, it's just like mathematical symbols. Characters. So let me let me pull this up and try to read it. All right. This is plus minus to the A. Beta cubed. And then uh, plus minus to the A. Beta cubed. Silkrone. Featuring Yannicka. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just say on this album, it sounds... Er, it feels like maybe Ollie and some of the band did like ayahuasca and then they just recorded the album like while they were on ayahuasca. High as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's a strange album. You got to be a certain type of a very specific type of listener to enjoy almost I, any of this. I would consider myself after the first three albums a hardcore Bring Me the Horizon fan. Like I like like 90 percent of what they put out. But this is not it. No, it's nothing. So anyways, let's move on from that. Yeah, so the next project is Post-Human Survival Horror, which comes out in 2020, and is actually a series of uh, EPs, like it's a p- one of yeah. four yeah, yeah, yeah. that's supposed to make like this really long album. Right, there's another one that's supposed to be coming out soon, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. well, summer now. I <laughs> know, but, <laughs> no. but it, I think originally, uh, sorry, originally that EP was supposed to come out last summer. Yes, yeah, it was supposed to come out last September, and then but, they yeah. pushed it to January. And we'll talk about that after this album a little bit. Yeah, so Ali said on Posthuman, it's looking at how we've stepped out of evolution in the food chain. Uh, if we can do that, we can take responsibility for what we've done to the planet and become something better than what humans are right now. Which is a, f- a funny way of introducing the album. <laughs> Whatever, hippie. <laughs> because there's, uh, yeah. All right, opens up. Dear Diary. This is metal. This is very sempaternal sound to it. Um. I didn't enjoy it at all. Very abrasive. Very not enjoyable to me. Yeah, Dear Diary was. It's definitely hard as heck. It's it goes back to that heavy metal. It's all right. I'm not gonna find myself listening to it a lot. Uh, there's a lot of allusions in the song to Resident Evil, like the video okay. game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When and it, you know they made that in the movies and whatever. But yeah, one thing to note here that's worth mentioning is this: this album comes out during COVID or the CP, whatever, um, and. Again, Ollie's he, he enjoys video games, so he kind of leans into playing video games more and more as he's locked down in, in the middle of the whatever. And, yes, yeah, so you hear more and more of that on this album. Yeah, so from Resident Evil, there's a diary entry found in the Spencer Mansion known as the Keeper's Diary, uh, which is contains a description of a T-virus infection written by a researcher undergoing a process. As the author succumbs to the infection, the last entry infamously reads, Itchy, Tasty. Which in this song, Ollie sings, "Dear Diary, I feel itchy, like there's bugs under my skin." Yeah, so he's yeah, alluding to that illusion. Yeah. Oh god. So the next song is "Parasite Eve," which this is one of my favorite, and they wrote this before COVID, but this is one of my favorite COVID songs. <laughs> what a what a what a qualifier there. <laughs> <laughs> uh it kind of opens with this cool like tribal chanting is the best way i can describe it um morphs that into like a trancey sound but then chorus is hard rock and uh, like fun good back and forth between the trance and the hard rock Uh, it's not one of my favorites but it's okay so they produced this one with the doom composer mick gordon okay cool cool so that's why it's kind of got like a video game kind of sound to it yeah and uh the song is talking about like government incompetency, which right, right. was you know big during COVID. And uh, funny enough, Parasite Eve was also a video game from I believe the '90s or oh. early 2000s, because it was a I saw 
when I was looking at it, there's like a video game cover from like PS1. Ah, so yeah. it's definitely old. Break out the Sega. And in the video game, the protagonist fights like a biological entity that seeks okay. to destroy humanity. So these guys, he's into like these horror kind of like shoot 'em up games a little bit. That's what Resident Evil is. That's kind of what Doom is. Uh, that's cool. And it's funny that they, they get the inspiration from the video game, but it really is like y- y- the song could be. You know, it's about it's more about like COVID and yeah, yeah. the situation going on with yeah. governments and how they're handling things. Funny, funny, funny that you're a fan of this song. <laughs> <sighs> Give Shine Down some respect. Teardrops. Now here's kind of the, like like that Lincoln Park sound again, right? Um, blending the hard rock with the EDM, mid tempo, high energy, poppy hard rock chorus goes hard as fuck on this one. Um, I think this is another one. He does really great work on the mic, getting up and down with it. Uh, buzzy guitars, just ripping sick licks all over on this one. Great edge to it. Uh, I do like this one a lot. Yeah, one of my favorites. I think what they do well on this song and throughout their catalog is injecting the right amount of screaming. Yeah, I totally agree. It's We've talked about tasteful screaming before, um, and, and they place it perfectly. It, it's just the right level. Yeah. And Ollie said on this one, this is about how our moral compass is a little bit skewed because we're so numb to the bad news every single day, and it's hard to know what we should actually do about that. Basically talking about how people waking up, scrolling on Twitter, news or whatever, and just negative, just getting negativity as soon as you wake up. Yeah, no, it's, I think that's a lot of people. And I think, for me, this is some of their best, like, musically, lyrically, some of their best work as a whole. Yeah, and I think so. Ollie said the same thing, like... The chorus on this is one of one of their best choruses. Yeah, they found a gem. Yeah. Next one, Obey featuring Youngblood. Um, kind of similar to the last one, just not as catchy, not as, uh, I don't know, enjoyable. It's not bad, but it's not great. Yeah, I like this one the more I listen to it. This is another one where they kind of sing about oppression and how people suffer from, you know, world leaders, politicians. Um The music video for this one, directed by Ollie, features him and Youngblood inside giant robots, each trying to command this like a city. And then they, it, I don't know, it's kind of funny. Don't be afraid, it's just America burning. <laughs> Asshole. Uh, next one, Itch for the Cur- Cure. Cur- Itch for the Cure. When will we be free? Short EDM track, uh, kind of a lead up for Kingslayer more than anything, a little instrumental. Did you catch the reference from this? No. Linkin Park has Cure for the Itch. This is Itch for the Cure. Oh, that's cool. Love that. Yeah. Nice little ode to, yeah. to well, Chester not. and Mike and the gang. To definitely a band they've they've like admired and worked like all Oh, for towards. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, definitely uh it's just a, a lead up to Kingslayer. Which Kingslayer, this song goes hard as hell. Featuring baby metal, high octane art, hard rock slash EDM. Tip to tail, just ripping through it, man. Heavy as fuck, buzzy beats, buzzy riff. Uh, does a lot of yelling in this like hard rock level yell. Um, and then you get this like baby metal, which I I want to say is either Korean, Japanese, Japanese, um, which is kind of like a pop singer. Um, she's got these modulated like tune, like auto tune vocals. Um, it, it's it's a really interesting foil to Ollie on this one, but I think it's nice. Like, she does sound good on this. Um, and then she does a little singing in Japanese, too, which is kind of interesting, just different. Um, she does, like, a couple lines in the verses and then obviously the chorus bit. Uh, 
yeah, I just I think that's a cool ad there. It's definitely experimental, but it works. Um, really, really good track. Yeah, so two things here. One, this song to me is like what John Wick must feel like. <laughs> <laughs> and then two, when they originally sent this song to Baby Metal, they came back with an English like uh, English verse. And there is some English in the song, but they did like full English. And Ollie sent it back and he's like, no, could you actually do it in Japanese? Like, I want to hear it in, like, your, you know, native yeah, language, yeah, yeah. which I think is really cool. It is cool, man. I mean, she just sounds like, in English and in Japanese, both sound so, like, smooth and flowy with it. Yeah, and there's a video of them performing this song live in Tokyo together. Yo! Is, is really, really cool. That would get the people going, brother. Yeah, and they, wow. ha- it's, they have, like, like cool, like, lights, electronics, and they have, it, it's it's pretty up. Hell yeah. Um. Yeah, are you good? Yeah. Are you shot me? Oh, I'm just. I'll talk to you about it after. Sounds good. One by one, featuring the Nova Twins. Um, it's kind of the similar sound to the last one. It's still got that like hard rock EDM bit to it. Not quite as heavy though. It's closer to hard rock than it is like a hard rock metal sound. Um, piano background, really like keeping it along. It's a good sound here. Um, a little bit more palatable than the last one to the average listener. I'll say. Uh, I like this one too. Yeah, I think this is another great collab. Like, yeah, I don't know th- them combined with like the female vocalists. I think you oftentimes it works. Yeah. yeah, and this is another one where I really like the chorus in this one. And uh, just like teardrops, you can make some inferences to them singing kind of about his right addiction in the past. Right. Uh, but yeah, this is another standout one for me on the album. Yeah, I think I agree there too. Uh, it's just I I love this sound like. If they just did more and more and more of this, I think I would like this band more. It's the experimentation that I'm not a huge fan with most of the time. But songs like this, crap, like bangers. Yeah, I like this album. I like the sound of this album. I think it's a lot harder than the last one. Yeah. But I still still like it. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Next one, Luden. Luden? Ludens? Yeah, so Ludens. This was the one that they had recorded for Death Stranding. The video game. Okay, yeah. It that that's a funny little bit there. Death Stranding. That's the one with uh, Daryl from yeah, The Walking the Dead. Dead. Norm, yeah, yeah. Norman Reeves, I think. Is and his I think name. that game kind of flopped. They, yeah, I remember a huge marketing campaign for it. The trailer it, was sweet. Yeah, yeah, it looked sick, and it just never really got off the ground. I think they lost a fuck ton of money on this game. <laughs> um, but regardless, again, it's the same kind of vein as as Resident Evil and all that, where it's a. Uh, post-apocalyptic like shoot 'em up game yeah. type deal survival horror yeah survival horror perfect way of putting it Did yeah sound- so go ahead i was gonna say they ended up recording this track in five days they got asked by the video game production company and like just to whip it out and they were able to do it which is i, I think this is a really good track especially for recording it like in a in short notice yeah i mean it's not one of my favorite tracks here it's a bit of a slower kind of downtrodden track for it um or you get like it's sad and low, and then all of a sudden he just like bursts with rage and bits. Um, kind of an experimental hard rock track again, not for me, but it's not bad. Yeah, and I guess Luden is Latin for player. Yeah, because that's why I was like Luden, Luden's like you hear him throughout, just kind of say Luden. Um, but yeah, because he says I need a new leader, we need a new Luden. Yeah. So cool bit there. And then uh, we get the the close of the album here with. Amy Lee, featuring Amy Lee, one day the only butterflies left will be in your chest as you march towards your death. 
Yeah, this is interesting, and I think Amy Lee's the perfect ad for a track like this, right? Um, it's low and sad. Amy gets a lot of the verses here, um, and she's kind of like the perfect person for this, right? She sings these kind of like sad, downtrodden rock ballads. Um, we've talked about her a couple times, and it's just it's a perfect fit. Very haunting, low sound to it. Um, it's a very good closer for this album, but I don't know how it fits. I don't know. Uh, the album is just kind of all over the place. Like it doesn't feel like there's any real like structure top to bottom in terms of song placement. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if it fits the album, but it's a good close. Yeah. So let me do. I'm gonna do the lyrics first, and then I'll do the lawsuit after. Uh, so. I had the had that reverse in my notes, but. At first, I thought it was a love ballad but it's actually it's supposed to be set up where ollie in his verse is representing humanity and amy lee is kind of representing mother nature um because in the song they're singing on the verge of no amy lee sings on the verge of no return why'd you keep fucking it up don't want to have to bury you but nothing seems to get through your skull one day the butterflies the only butterflies left will be in your chest as you march towards your death, breathing your last breath. And then Ollie kind of sings like an answer to that, like, why did we mess this up? Uh, so just singing about how humans are treating the earth, which it could be taken that way. I could also see it taken as like a love song. Yeah. So. Yeah. So tell me about this lawsuit. This is fascinating. Yes. So. And my notes are all over here, but. Uh, on Nihilist Blues, which was on Amo, featuring Grimes, uh, I guess they ripped off, like, uh, the riff for, like, the opening verse. Okay. So, I guess it... And I went from back and... From Evanescence? Yes, from Evanescence, um, Never Go Back. Okay. And I, I did listen to them, and they are pretty similar. And it's funny, if you go back and listen to the last project, and one of those spoken word tracks, Ollie kind of, like, he's, like, ranting, where he's, like we subconsciously ripped off evidence like we didn't even realize it i think about that sometimes where like artists might come up with a song but like your inspiration for a beat or a, a riff has to come from somewhere and at what point like have you ever heard the uh the typing monkey theory no there's this idea that like it's kind of similar to like the all there's no such thing as a new idea but like oh right it, it's kind of this computer science thought experiment where like if you put a monkey in front of a computer and just let it type at some point in the future, no matter how distant, it will have typed out every bit of literature that's ever been published. <laughs> that's hilarious. You know? Uh, but, yeah. So, they said, uh, Ali said, we ripped off one of their verses. It was subconscious, but when it happened, we were like, we're not even going to argue. So, they agreed to give Evidence a songwriting credit on Nihilus Blues. And then after that, Amy and uh, their management got back to Bring Me the Prize, and they're like, oh, we actually really like your band, and we'd love to work with you. <laughs> what? Yeah, which is kind of crazy. So the suit got dropped then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so basically, like, Ollie was like, yeah, like, oh, we didn't re we didn't realize this. This sounds the same. We'll give you the writing credit, which yeah, they, yeah. Weren't, they weren't even asking for the writing credit. They were just, like, saying, like, hey, like, you ripped us off. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of cool. You've never, I've never seen that before where like you get artists disputing and then they end up collabing after. Yeah, yeah. But that's a cool way of resolving it. Like good on them for being open to being like, Hey, I like you. You like us. Like, let's just you know, like wash it over and we'll do something. <laughs> It'll be fun. I don't know. Yeah. So I thought I, that was a funny story. Yeah. I like that. 
And then, uh, real quick, I just want to rattle off a couple singles that they've released in the last couple years. That oh, yeah. Talk to us. Yeah. I think are worthy of being in their top ten songs. A lot of these singles are going to be on the next album EP. Uh, no. I, well, two of them. The other ones, Die For You came out in 2021. This is top ten for streams. Uh, a bit poppy, but this is like one of their one of their love songs. You know, you know that I die for you. Worth listening. Uh, Strangers, 2022, another one that could arguably be top ten. Awesome chorus. Yeah. Check that one out. Lost, 2023. This is one of their top Spotify ones. I don't like this one as much. I don't think it's like a poppier one, but the pop elements aren't as catchy as some of their other pop songs or poppier songs. And then the two singles that they released for their forthcoming album. Uh, Kool-Aid more recently, just all right, a bit heavier. But then Dark Side, one of my favorite Bring Me the Horizon songs. Fantastic. Truly, yeah. uh, it's got to be one of their biggest songs for sure. Yeah, they. Uh, you know what's funny? I actually caught Dark Side. They use it in a NFL promo like, oh, in between like, yeah. quarters or halves. They hell had yeah. that going in like the background. One of their heavier songs, just singing about how you know it's sometimes you need someone to help get, get you through the night. But I heard one of the songs from the Struts new album on ESPN the other day. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Dark Side. Re- it's gonna be probably the hit off their new album whenever that comes out. Yeah, and the new album, like we said, it's supposed to come out last summer. They basically said uh, we're not thrilled with this. We need to keep working on it. Then, around Christmas time, twenty twenty three, they fired Jordan Fish or Jordan Fish left one or the other. Um, it's now they're just kind of back in the wild with doing their own thing. But at this point, I think Jordan Fish brought a, a sense of not calm but like order to them and so i think maybe he's i don't want to say outlived his usefulness but they can proceed on with i'll probably end up slicing this in earlier can you guys hear me yeah okay yeah uh yeah so we've got special guests here holly to talk to us about some of the earlier bring me the horizon albums so uh joe and i kind of started doing this for, or we're going to do this from some paternal on but you grew up listening to count your blessings and suicide season yes and joe did did you want to preface the question yeah i guess um i guess my first question is just why <laughs> that's a good question so here's my blur by two good reasons each album has the most head bangability music out of any artist out there and i don't know the real words for the ups and downs like like what you like to call them uh when you talk about high momentum okay okay the crescendos of the music drops amazing okay you don't even have to listen to the lyrics to enjoy well you can't hear the lyrics (laughs) but (laughs) have you ever followed along like read the lyrics and listened oh it's so good you got to try it that way why don't you and then you learn them why don't and you give us the the lyrics that you like for Black and Blue? Oh yeah, that was oh, actually my okay. of the songs that I listened to from the first three albums. That was one of the more palatable tracks, which is not saying a lot, but okay. So my favorite is "Your Eulogy" will be music to my ears. Because think of the biggest insult you could give to somebody, like when you die, your eulogy. I'm just gonna be singing in the background, like woo. And you tie the rope, I'll kick the fucking chair. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) You ever hated someone? (laughs) Yeah, I get it. I get it. I just, like, how, I don't know. I can't imagine sitting myself down and being like, I want to listen to this for the next 30 minutes. (laughs) It's just so thrashy and abrasive 
that I can't like I can't wrap my head around it. That's fair. I think so. Two thousand six. I have to bring myself back to what high high school, middle school. Okay, got it. I think. Never mind. Point made. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been but, middle school for you. Yeah, and I think we, like if you're going through it at the time, I think there's a fine line because they talk a lot about suicide, but it, they do make you feel like you get angry and it's kind of like a Linkin Park album like you get angry too and you're just listening to it and you're like yeah so like Ugh. yeah my hypothesis was it's kind of like it's an escape right because like if, if you're really really going through it like maybe you're suicidal or you're just like you're getting bullied or whatever like you can put on your headphones and just escape and hear someone yell into a microphone and have this yep. heavy thrashing music <laughs> as a background yeah. I think I think it's I think it's like while Linkin Park might be for someone who's having a bad day Early Bring Me the Horizon is for someone who's had a bad year. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I uh, like, I totally lost my train of thought. Fuck. Um, but it's basically, like, I just can't, like, what, what is the, it, the point is basically right. Like, you want to listen to this music to get, like, you're already in a shit mood, and so this music makes you angrier? Or is it, like, a bit of, like, I'm angry, they're angry, like, fuck it let's just be angry together like yeah it, or it calms you down a little bit no fucking yeah. way i <laughs> no, don't no, buy no. that i i actually agree with that when i when i get pissed off or whatever like sometimes i throw on bring me the horizon and yeah. it, like how, and it, how does that work like they're angrier than you therefore i have to calm down no it's just like it's like uh okay when you're in a good mood when you're partying right you're sure. drinking by the pool sure. what are you listening to you're listening to feel good music yeah it matches your mood it's yeah. the same thing you're in a pissed off mood like you want to hear someone else be pissed off, and it's just it helps you get through it. Yeah, maybe I can buy that. I just, yeah, I, I can't get over the the incompatibility between my my tastes and this music. Um, <laughs> I will if you if so if you do listen to the lyrics and then you follow along with the song in the first album. I think something ha like either he's it's a fake, but he definitely lost like the love of his life or something, and then the music gets like really dark but he talks about losing a lover yeah, yeah. clearly and i'm like i wonder what that's about they, they've got their first album let me just read some of these songs i know i have them up because it's, i'm like you have to know tell slater not to wash his dick for stevie wonder's eyes only what braille for stevie wonder's eyes only <laughs> what a yeah what a title i used to make out with medusa uh off the heese there's another one from the second album, Football Season is Over. I, I like I that one made bring, me laugh. Yeah, yeah. I was going to bring that one up. And then the, there's another one, No Need for Introductions. I read about girls like you <laughs> on the backs of toilet doors. Yeah, that was funny too. <laughs> and that's where you're like, he definitely, this whole song, like that one, ha have you listened to the lyrics of that one? No. Because they're very easy to understand. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a little. Like I, I noticed on Suicide Season, it's uh, just only the slightest bit less heavy. Um, and towards the end, there's a couple tracks that are even kind of ballady. Well, the no need for introductions I've read about you is maybe uh, four lines of words. And the last is, I should have pissed on you, you fucking whore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, he was going through it. You know what's crazy about that is he actually was accused of peeing on a girl. <laughs> I uh, that. And I guess I don't think they, they never were able to prove anything. But it's one of those things if you get accused of it, like. <laughs> bad look yep. like you know something had to go down and more yeah. than likely like that's a usually if it's a false accusation it's like a like a, like yeah, a yeah. rape or like you know something like far yeah, yeah. far worse yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, this guy's just that. a real piece of shit yeah. and 
I, I don't know how to say this other than just saying it, but Ollie strikes me as the type of guy that maybe would try and pee on someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think there was any bounds to his his actions once upon a time. <laughs> really, literally anything was on the table. <laughs> All right. Uh, maybe just highlight a few songs for the people who might be interested in this kind of music because yeah. I can't I can't discern any of this, but. Help us out here. Okay, well, count your blessings. I would argue Pray for Plagues is really good. Um, on Suicide Season, Chelsea Smile, and it was written in blood. Chelsea Smile was interesting, yeah. 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 You see, you can get into it. Sure. And I would, in Suicide Season, if you're not looking for something, you can, the music changes in that one. It's not as, have his screaming is there, but you don't have the, like, I can't even get my voice that low, like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how anybody does it. I've like tried to do I, it. I literally can't. If I can. could, I w- I'd be in a band right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Um, I think you have to listen to like the uh, No Need for Introductions just because it's so filthy. The five lines <laughs> of it. Um, and then obviously Black and Blue is my absolute favorite. But, you know. Yeah, it, it's for a certain type of audience. Read the lyrics while you listen. It helps. And I then you actually hear what they're saying when you read them a few times. I wish I would. <laughs> 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 Pretty much. <laughs> uh, one more thing before we move on from this. I just The first two album covers aren't anything special in my opinion. The, the third, third album one. cover is very interesting to me. Also, the name <laughs> of the album is pretty cool. Yeah, there's a hell. Believe me, I've seen it. There's a heaven. Let's keep it a secret. Yeah. Um, this is just a really interesting album cover. It's got like themes of religion. Themes of death. Uh, so basically, it's a picture of a woman and kind of split right halfway down her body going up and down on the right side. On the right side is this like she's wearing a black and white robe. And on the right side, the robe is white. She's got a, a big key ring in her hand. Uh, her skin looks very like well kept and, and even like she looks in great health on the left side of the body. It looks like she's been to fucking war. <laughs> she's got the black part of the robe on and she's got a dagger in her hand. And I just think this is such a metal, hardcore fucking album cover. I love it. I would agree. That is pretty cool. Yep. There, there's a song on that album that I did actually want to talk about. This is the only one, but uh, Don't Go. It's the fifth track on the album. Yeah, yeah. It, I, yeah, not a bad track. Yeah, so it tells the story of this 15-year-old boy, Terry Lee Hurst, who was slaughtered by three kids his age. They took him out to a forest, Jesus. and they killed him with a scythe. Which is just like yeah. diabolical. Fucking yeah. hell. And then I read on one site, and I couldn't verify this one way or the other, but that one of the perpetrators was Ollie's cousin. Oh, Jesus shit. Christ. Yeah. So I, I couldn't verify that. Yeah. So but I don't know if it's true. Yeah. But, Reddit. So, you know. Uh, regardless, like. Well, it, maybe that's why he made all this scary music. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he was traumatized from his cousin. Yeah. Regardless, <laughs> that, that track, the lyrics are. I like this song. It's and it's cool that it tells a story and you know it's just a, a truly heinous story and I feel bad for you know. Yeah. 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 What was that one song by Nirvana where they talk about the same? Uh, Polly. Polly. Yeah. And then there's one from um, STP. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. It was off the first album. Uh, 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 one of the biggest hits. Yeah. Fuck. I know what you're talking about. It's escaping me right was now. Was it Creep? Yeah. Or, creep. The other, or the other one. I think it's Creep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. Um. I don't know. You got anything else? You got anything else? I'll let you get back to it. All righty. Thank you for Stay tuned. Yeah. All righty. We'll wrap her up here today. Mm -hmm. Cool. Albums? Yeah. So we're only doing five albums. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. Yeah, so if we're only doing the five and you're uh You mean four? Oh yeah, sure. That's fine. Because I had songs to listen to at the bottom of this anyways, so Oh, okay. So yeah. So for me, uh I had post human survival horror and then Sempaternal and then a Mo and then that's a spirit. It's I literally have the, I have the same order. <laughs> so cool. I like that. Um all right. Songs. Ten to one? Yeah, this was really hard for me. I had like literally I had twenty songs that I had to try and whittle down to the sure. top ten. And uh depending on what mood I'm in, if this list is this list will change. But ten to one here I had True Friends at ten, Medicine at nine, Drown at eight, Follow You seven, Shadow Moses six, Can You Feel My Heart five, Throne four, Teardrops three, I don't know what to say two, and then Dark Side one. We kind of we we have a little bit of a run that's in a similar vein here, um, you know, not all the same songs, but you'll hear it when I say it. I like that though. Uh, for me, ten to one, True Friends, Wonderful Life, Sugar, Honey, Iced Tea, Drown, Sleepwalking, Shadow Moses, Can You Feel My Heart, Throne, Mantra, Happy Song. Mm, okay. Yeah, and all the ones that you had on your list that I didn't would have been like next up next for me, time yeah as well as uh go to hell for heaven's sake heavy yep. metal avalanche blasphemy why you got to keep me when i'm down one yeah. for one one by one die for you like there's so many good songs from bring me the Horizon. yeah and again i guess i maybe this is a miss but if we did this episode in another six months i'd probably have dark side on here too um all righty opener closer and then we'll wrap her up today sure for my opener i have teardrops Ooh, great open. I do like that. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I think that's Got a hard hitting one. It gets people going. Yep. Okay. Not one of their I mean I it's hadn't a, considered that. It's a big hit, but it's not like one of their top like yeah, yeah, yeah. biggest it's, ones. It's a good opener. Yeah. And then for the encore, I think you could swap my one and three here, but I have opening the encore with throne and then follow you for like a little bit of a, a slower song. And then closing out the encore with Can You Feel My Heart? Okay, I had that as my encore closer, and I'm literally, as you were talking about it, I was changing it because I have <laughs> something better. Um, but, yeah, I like that. That's a good encore there, too. And when we saw them live, I think they opened the set with – I don't remember. I thought they opened it with Can You Feel My Heart or Shadow, Shadow Moses. One of those sounds yeah. right, but I don't really remember. Um, all right, opener for me, Mantra. Again, I just think, especially with that modulated bit, you can you can let the Siri voice like fuck around and open it up and then get right into it. It's cool. Uh, encore open. I'm gonna open with "Can You Feel My Heart" in the encore, and then "True Friends" in the middle, kind of slow it down a little bit, and close out with "Happy Song." <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I just really like that order. I don't know. Alrighty, guys. Uh, that's all we got for "Bring Me the Horizon" this week. So then next week, hard shift D12. Yes. After that pretty reckless yep after that we're we'll doing do, pretty reckless we'll, we'll do grab bag after that hell yeah something like that all right guys follow us on socials tiktok twitter instagram and youtube at flip the record uh like review subscribe on apple and spotify thanks for listening catch you on the next one what do you think the deal was Sign the screen. I think even with as many albums as we have, I don't think this would be.
as long of an episode as you might expect. Oh, I disagree. I think this is going to be a long one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we can start talking about the Packers while I pull up my notes and stuff. Yeah, sure. So, I mean. Tilt that sucker up just a little bit. There you go. You can live with, on this team in particular, right? They're so young, so inexperienced, no expectations really this year. You can live with your kicker costing you a game, even though it hurts. No. You c- it well, hurts. It hurts. But in the, in the grand scheme of things, you can live with your kicker costing you a game because that's only one player, the easy fix. Not true. an easy fix. Did, but did you hear the, the quote Greg Olson? It was either Olson or Kevin Burkhart said they're like, yeah, we talked to Matt LaFleur. He basically said every time the kicker goes out there, he just prays. <laughs> if, like, if that's if that's what your head coach thinks about your kicker, maybe get a different kicker. So I, I was thinking about this last night, and obviously he's a rookie. Uh, yeah. And also, I think being the kicker for the Green Bay Packers might be the, one of the hardest jobs in the NFL. Um, but I actually think your kicker is maybe the worst kicker in the league. Well, dude, he almost cost us the game against the Panthers. He missed three extra points. It cost me money on that game because I had the Packers <laughs> minus yeah. three and a half or whatever yeah, it was. They, they, yeah, and that yeah, but uh, two or something. Yeah, he, they said he's missed the most kicks out of any kicker this year. Yeah, he's the worst kicker in the league. Which like, like I when I heard that I was like, oh, that makes sense because I watched him miss kicks all year, but I didn't like I was. It took me a minute for it to register. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying, right? Like, if you could just get like a league average kicker, like it, it's not going to be great, but at least you won't. I don't know, like, he missed two yesterday? Two? Just one. Just one? Yeah, and even the the other one he made didn't feel great. Or no, he didn't. Yeah, he no, he made one. And then the he made two. Point, he made two, yeah. I don't know, he just, he didn't look good yesterday. Like, every time he got behind the ball, I was like, oh, boy. It was when the, um, so when the Packers were on that drive, I was thinking to myself, I was like, oh, I know, this looks like they're about to kick a field goal. And I was like, Andres Carlson is, is due for a miss, like. He just is. And then he went, oh, sure enough, he went out there and, and missed it. Well, and I was watching with our uh, other Packers fan friend, TJ, and immediately, as soon as he missed it, TJ said, we're going to lose by fucking three. Yeah. You knew. You knew. Yeah. So I was thinking about the game last night, and it was like, I truly believe the Packers outplay them in every facet of the game, offense, defense, special teams. Yeah. They just, they screwed themselves. In the first half, they had three red zone trips, and they ended six up with six points. points yeah. And they got stuffed on that fourth and one where they tried to do a QB sneak, and, and uh, Greenlaw smacked Jordan Love over the top. I, I Even though I think he might have gotten that. I was about to say, I think the refs were all, like, generally spotting the ball short for both teams. Yeah. I, it wasn't enough to, like, I, I'm yeah, not going to be yeah, mad yeah, about yeah, yeah. The, right. the spot. I'm just mad in general that they couldn't convert on I, fourth and one or even kick the field goal, which would have came back and helped them in the end of the game. I hate when people are like, oh, we lost the game because of this play that happened in the second quarter. Like, brother, you had two more quarters after that. Yeah, so it was it was not getting any red zone points other than field goals in the first half. And then in the second half or the third quarter, they looked great. They were driving the ball, scoring points. And then uh, – Oh, actually, in the first half, too, Darnell Savage dropped a pick six. Oh, my God. The one where Brock Purdy hit him straight in the chest. Yeah. Or seven. Straight in the chest, and he just dropped it. And then there was another um, dropped pick where I can't remember the Packers player, but again, it hit him like right in the chest. Dude, Purdy probably, he had to have thrown five or six balls that were interception worthy yesterday. Yeah, so that that's the other part of it. Even though the de- the defense did play great, yeah, but it was like, oh, you get one of those, and it's a different game. Well, that's the thing about playing a team like the Niners, right? Is like you have to convert 
all your opportunities against those teams. Yeah. But my, my – And old, then – Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and then at the end of the game, I don't know Matt Lef- I don't know what Matt LaFleur is doing with his timeouts oh, in the two-minute warning. God. Why and didn't he take one before third down, before they got the first down? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It, because you need all the seconds you can get, and if they get a first down and you only have two timeouts, you can like you can work with that. You can work with that. You you still have more time. And if you end up losing the extra 40 seconds at the end, so be it. But you need the time now before it slips away. Yeah, like you you want to give your QB you'd rather have like uh a minute 45 and no timeouts than like 40 seconds and like one timeout. Oh, arguably. Right, right. I guess my point is like if they get the first down, there's still a good chance they'll score that touchdown on first or second down, which leaves you with more time in the bank still. Yeah. As opposed to like the I guess the the lower chance scenario that they score a touchdown on third down. Or sorry, no, they kick a field goal. But no, they wouldn't have kicked a field goal. They were down by no, four. No, they were down by four. So yeah, score a touchdown on third third or fourth down and then you've run all the clock out and all your timeouts out. Like Yeah. It's just yeah, it wasn't great clock management. Yeah, and it, it was it was frustrating. Jordan Love played a great game until the two picks. The 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 first one wasn't as egregious because they basically just turned the ball over where they were yeah. at like the 50. The last one on the last drive, that was like a That was dude. like a rookie play. Yeah. Yeah. It was like uh I'm going to just throw across my body. I'm I'm running right. I'm going to throw it left across. There's like three defenders. He's just dump to, that ball. He's trying to fit it in like the tightest of windows. He's like, "Dude, just just dump it. Move yeah, on." Yeah. Throw it. Live to see second down. And that's the thing. It wasn't like a fourth. It wasn't fourth and 10. I think it was first first and 10 or second yeah, and 10 or something whatever. Like that. And now Thinking back to it, too, and this is, again, it, it, this is a weird bit, but, like, there was a guy wide open on the other side of the field. Um, the cornerback had kind of, like, trailed towards the center, and I don't know who it was. I think it was maybe one of the tight ends. Was wide fucking open on oh, the okay. other side. okay. I didn't even see that. And it was as Jordan Love was running away from that guy and throwing the ball to the middle of the field. <laughs> so, like, he basically would have had to stop and do, like, a Mahomes thing where he just, like, crosses the entire field. But he was still wide fucking open. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, we outplayed the 49ers every aspect of the game. We smothered the Cowboys at home. The receiver payroll is – they're all first, Low. second years. It's $7 million. Oh Allen's for all all six, seven, eight of those guys. Allen Lazard's making more than that this year. And that, so it's uh, – You know, toss the tight ends in for another couple mil. And no, they're, they're already including oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And, uh, and then Jordan Love, like, he looks like the truth. He looks like the, the present, yeah, the future. Yeah, that's a guy you can win with. Yeah, so you know, I, I I was upset just because we had outplayed them. Like I would I would have been. Yeah, you, I would have. You want to win that game? Yeah, we should have won the game. Once once you go to halftime in a one point ball game, then like the I guess like your ears perk up a little bit. Because going into the game as ten point dogs, like you could talk all the shit you want, but sure, you know you, you got to see a little action. But going into halftime one point dog, got a chance. Yeah, you got a chance. Go, I mean, third quarter you were leading. Yeah. You know, end of third quarter. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I just think you, you, regardless of how the season ended, vastly outperformed expectations, and you got a lot of young talent to look forward to in another draft, you know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward. The future of the Packers is bright. We still fire Joe Barry? Uh, I don't know. Def- dude, the defense was balling the last couple of games. Know, but probably. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Will you take Aaron Glenn from us? Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just text Holly when she wakes up to come down. Yeah, her. sure. No but, dude, the NFC North next year? Holy shit. The, bear, the Bears, the uh, Lions, and the Packers. I mean, I mean, I know I've said this. Like, It feels like I've said this like 
a couple years in the last couple years. But I mean it this time. <laughs> oh, football is going to be awesome next year. We just got to hope the Vikings get rid of Kirk Cousins and uh, try and run it with Jared, Jared Hall or whatever, Hall, so we yeah. have at least one shitty team. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't want this division to turn into like the NFC or not like the AFC West. Not never mind. Both the, in my head, both of those divisions are good, and as I think about it, they're dog shit. Yeah. All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Flip the Record with Joe and Joey. <laughs> Yeah, I might move the football stuff to the end. We'll see. Okay. Just for the heck of it. Yeah, but sure. 